declared this message to the shepherds. The shepherds, what I hear, were no ordinary shepherds. The shepherds who were outside of Bethlehem were known to be the shepherds who would raise the flock of sheep that would be used for the sacrifice at Passover time. So it's only appropriate or fitting that these who would watch the sheep and keep watch, you know, keep keep their eye on them and take care of them and protect them because of the importance of the Passover celebration or really sacrifice that would take place. Passover meaning the time where all the Jewish people would gather and they would sacrifice a lamb and the blood of that lamb would be slain to atone for, in a, in a sense, for their sins. And it reminds them of the time when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And on that very last night, he said, hey, before I do this, I'm going to come through and I'm going to set you free. I'm going to destroy basically all the firstborn of Egypt. But I won't touch your house if you have the blood of the, the lamb that covers the mantle of your home, the, the angel will pass over you. And so for generations from that point on, they would continue to do that every single year. They would honor and celebrate the Passover. And so these shepherds would have been out there watching over the flock, knowing how important that they were to this whole, uh, the very identity and, and, and the core of who Israel was and their relationship with God. So when the angels show up and say, wait a minute, they basically are telling them there's a new lamb in town. <laughs> there's, there's a lamb of God that's coming who's going to take away the sins of the whole world. And so these guys are hearing about this Christ, the Savior, and that's why they said, we got to go check that out. We've got to go check that out. And so I actually want to refer back to that scripture that was just read uh, in the video from Luke chapter 2. Verse 8, it says, Now there were in that same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The shepherds were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you great good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And I imagine, as we talked about last week a little bit, how this angel, he's probably out of breath because he's so excited. He finally got the assignment to go tell people that Christ has come. And he's sitting there and he's telling them, this is good news of great joy. For all people, you're going to go, you're going to see this baby, and that baby is God. Now, imagine from the angel's perspective, the angel, angels aren't born and die like, like we are. So, so we learn history from what's written, what's told to us, and so forth. But imagine this, these angels were there from the very act of the creation of earth, and they have seen all the ups and downs of mankind. This angel would have known every bit of that. This angel would have seen Adam and Eve walking in the garden with God and knowing the relationship that God had. This angel had been in the presence of God for as long as he's been created. 
he all of a sudden, he knows the storyline up to this point, at least, of what has happened and what God is doing, and maybe didn't understand it in its fullness because that's a God thing and he's just an angel, but he's watching it unfold. And suddenly he sees God step out of eternity into the temporary time that, you know, that, that we call right here our age, and, and he, is, he is just beside himself. And he gets the assignment, go tell people, go tell these guys to, to, to check this out. And so he understands what's happening here. I mean, think about it. He has seen it and, and he knows God and he's going and he's telling men like all that stuff that you guys have been going through, all the ups and a lot of downs and the separation from God, that's all going to change. That's all changing today, today. And he's excited. And then all the other angels finally catch up with him on the scene. And they're like, yeah, it's awesome. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Like they come to back him up in the story and say, yeah, God became a man. But he started off as a little baby. Reminds me of a story of somebody taking a tour through this old village in Italy. And, you know, it's known for, for uh, you know, uh, uh, all of these, you know, great artists and so forth throughout Italy and, and uh, the Renaissance period and these leaders who really changed the course of history in so many ways. But in this village, a guy asked this old man, he said, hey, were any great men born here? And the guy said, nope, only babies, <laughs> only babies. <laughs> but here, a baby who would be a great savior, bringing great news, came to earth. And the angels are so excited about that. And so they said, hey, verse 10 Stop, listen, <laughs> don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Good tidings. Maybe you want to underline that. When the angel comes, he says, I'm bringing you some good tidings. I'm bringing you some, some good news. I'm bringing you the gospel. In fact, that's what the gospel, the word gospel means is good news. And he's saying, I'm bringing you the gospel. I'm bringing you good news. And, and you know why it's good news? Because there's bad news right? Because, and so the angel, he understands this more than the people standing out there and watching their flocks, more than you and I. He, again, has seen all of history. He hasn't read about it. He's witnessed it. He's witnessed the pain and the destruction and the curse and the effect of the curse on mankind. He's witnessed this. And he said, you guys have been living the bad news. But today, there's good news. The good news is it will turn around all the bad news. Today, God is on the scene. Today, he walks with man again, or actually he just lays there with man again that day. But eventually, he will walk with man again. Walk with him. Talk with him. Interact with him. Touch him. Speak to him. Love him. Be loved by him. The angel saying, this is good news. I think that's so important because this is what I really want to talk about. It's not the good news that for the shepherds, but, but you and I. What's good news? What is good news that contrasts your bad news? Your bad news. You know, you think about what kind of good news brings great joy. You know, there's sometimes you get some news and you're like, that, that's pretty good. That makes me happy. But what kind of news in your life would bring great joy? Now, I think back to when I gave my life to the Lord. I was 17 years old, 17 years old. I didn't grow up 
serving Jesus, knowing Jesus. I knew of him. I went to church with friends, sometimes pretty regularly. I had heard the gospel, but it was when I was 17 years old that I came to know Jesus. To me, that good news was, oh, you know, I, I, let's, let's, let's say this. We know the good news is uh, for eternity, when you stand before God, good news is he says, come here, come here, right? Like this, not come here, come here right? That's bad news. When God looks at you like, hey, come here. You're like, but when he's like, come here, come here. That's good news, right? We know that. And I remember when I was a kid, uh, my friend and I, who was the one who brought me to church uh, quite often, when we weren't, you know, like the night before, after we'd come home from the night before and we'd be sitting there and thinking, yeah, one of these days, we're going to serve the Lord. One of these days, right? And I didn't want to. I didn't want to go to hell. <laughs> I didn't want to live my life this way. Uh, but I was stuck, and I was in bondage, and I was insecure, and, and I was. I was. Um, I felt like I was on the outside looking in, and you know, just so so uh, so self focused on my life, and uh, I was. I was going nowhere fast in so many ways, and I knew it because I knew that God had something for me, and I wasn't living, I wasn't experiencing it. The good news was all that can change. All that can change. All of that can change. And I don't know about you, but at some point in your life, you've had to recognize the good news and the contrast with the bad news, the good news that God brings. And you know, he doesn't just bring good news and get you saved, and then, yeah, you know, however life works out, you know, life is rough. No, God has good news for us today. Today, he has good news for you. Those who have received the good news prior to this, he has good news for, of great joy for you today, and so on and so forth, and it keeps going. What kind of good news brings great joy? You think about this, God's not against me. This is what they're declaring, God's not against you. Peace toward you from God, right? Good news is God forgives you. God forgives you. And that little baby right there, all the forgiveness is born right there in that little baby when he, he'll take it to the cross, all your sin. That's good news of great joy because I know that when I stand before God, I'm not going to have to think, okay, did I cross my T's and dot my I's? I'm not going to have to think that. I'm going to have to think, thank T-H-A-N-K, Jesus, for doing that. Amen? That's great joy. I'll tell you what, you, you don't want to stand before God and think, oh, I just did it my own way, or I should have given you my life, or I should have believed or trusted you. That's not great joy. The great joy that lasts for eternity is, oh, Jesus, I, I, I gave up my life, and I, I laid hold of yours because mine wasn't going to get me there. It was all you. It was all you. The good news that brings great joy is that your situation can change. Your situation can change. Being born again, a fresh start, and not only that, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus when you are born again. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And even today, you might need another fresh start. Well, that's what I love about God's mercies. They're new every day. Every day. Today's a good day to start fresh. And that's good news. That's good news because you can. The good news is that God wants peace for you. He wants peace and goodness for you. Some people think that God doesn't want that. You know, the word bless, God blesses us, that, that word in and of itself means happy. Now, some people say, God doesn't care about your happiness. Well, then why does the Bible say he does? You, it, now, your temporary, temporary happiness is not the highest goal of God's. That is true. We recognize that. 
But which par- what parent doesn't sit there and say, when they're asked, what do you want for Christmas? I just want my kids to be happy. Not happy in the sense of just because I gave them something, but I really want them to be full of joy on the inside. I want them to be blessed. I want them just to feel good about who they are in our relationships and be doing well. I want that for them. God wants that for you. Sometimes people, I don't know why people who, who may have read the Bible somewhere, that they don't think that. They, maybe they, they think like, oh, God, you know, he's just always wanting to, to, to push you down. Oh, my. Jesus wants to bring you up. He wants to bring you up. He's the firstborn among many brethren. Be conformed to the image of his son. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to say, you are one of my children. I love you. You know what God wants for you? He wants peace and goodness for you in your family, in, in, in your family, in your relationships, in your mind. He wants peace and, and, and goodness for your mind, your thought life, anxiety, depression, freedom from that in your body. He wants healing for you. He wants wholeness and strength and energy in your finances, not that you would be in debt and subject to the lender, but he wants you to be free from debt. He wants you to, in fact, the Bible says you'd be a lender and not a borrower, that you would have an abundance for every good work, that God would supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. These are all things that God's word says that he wants for you. And this is what the angel is bringing. The whole package is in Jesus. He wants, he wants your schedule to have peace in it. You know that? He said, come to me, everybody who's worn out and, and uh, heavy burdened, I'll give you rest. This is good news to somebody who is stressed out, stretched too thin. It's good news. Think about what's good news to a blind person. You can see. What's good news to somebody who's hungry? Here's a meal. What's good news to somebody who is out in the cold? Here's a home, right? Here's a blanket. Here's a, here's a warm coat. Here. Here is, here is a place where you can come out of the elements. Good news. Well, think about that. Whatever is good news, but it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. God even says, I've got good news towards you in regard to your enemies. Because the scripture says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies at peace with him. And not only that, but those enemies who are coming against you, the Lord says, you won't even have to deal with them. They'll come up against you one way, but they'll flee before you seven ways. And in another scripture, he says, he says don't worry, don't repay evil for evil, because vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So God even says, I'll take care of those who are causing you problems. There's a peace that God promises. This is all part of the good news. And the angel is sitting here saying, Oh, I've got such good news of great joy. If God deals with your, your body, your mind, your salvation, your family, your relationships, your schedule, your finances, your, your enemies, your, your home situation, is that good? If, he, if God deals with it, is it good? You can, you can answer. It's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it is good. I'm telling you, when God helps out with it, that's great. Because I, I've made a mess of a lot of it myself. But God is saying, but this is what I have for you. This is what I have for you. Great joy. Not just, hey, I'm going to kind of make you happy. Happiness that's based on what is happening. That's not what, what kind of happiness God provides. It's a great joy, regardless of your past and current experience, by the way. Some people, are, are their outlook is based on their current situation or their past and the, the Lord is saying, no, I will give you a great joy 
that, that supersedes that. In Psalm chapter 30, verse 5, it says, His anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. You may have had a past uh, of difficulty and, and, and trouble, or you might even be living in that right now, and yet the Lord says joy is coming in the morning. Guess what time it is? It's about 10.15. To me, that's morning, right? That's morning. Some of you guys, it's like almost afternoon. Marianne, who gets up at 2 a.m. to, to pray. But, but um, I'm telling you what, this is morning, and, and the Lord is saying joy is here. Joy is here, and it belongs to you today. And it's not just a little bit of joy. It's great joy. This is a joy that gives us strength. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Go your way. I love this scripture. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet, those holiday drinks. Send portions for those who, for whom nothing is prepared. Be a giver. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not, not, uh, some people feel like they need strength to make it through their day. Like, oh, I just have to endure. I just have to be a stronger person. I just need to, to, to not let things get me down. And all that might be true. But, you know, the scripture says there's something powerful about the joy of the Lord. This joy that comes from the inside that God wants to give to you, that helps you to overcome anything that's coming at you. This joy that's coming from the inside of you, the Lord says, that will be your strength. So regardless of what you see going on yet, if it's changed yet, there's this joy of the Lord that comes from the Lord, from the good news, by the way, from hearing it, by filling your heart with faith, by filling your heart with expectation and then engaging with him around that and, and determining in your heart, oh, that's for me, that gives a great joy, doesn't it? And so there are things in your life that maybe you feel areas you feel weak in. And what I would encourage you to do is start to uh, call on the joy of the Lord that he's already placed inside of you. You know, the Bible says that, that joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So fruit grows, right? It grows. It's not, just, it's not just a gift that, oh, I've got joy under the tree, but it's something that is inside and is developed because the Spirit of God being inside you, it's developed. And you can call on the Holy Spirit and say, say, oh, Holy Spirit, joy is my strength. The joy that you give is my strength. And regardless of your situation, you will be able to face that with a confidence, with a, with a smile, with an expectation. When others would say, hey, isn't that bad news? Well, I'm not afraid when bad news comes. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, bad news is bad news when, when it comes to us. It, it, the joy doesn't make that not bad news. The joy just means that that bad news is not my final report. It's not my final report. Oh, the, jo the bad news came, but whose report will you believe? I, re I believe the report of the Lord, right? And so there's a joy with that, that when people will say, oh, this is the situation, you're like, but that's not the whole situation, it's, there's something you can't see right there, Mr. Attorney, Mr. You know, teacher, <laughs> we're at finals time. There's more to this story, uh, it, it, the, the, whatever the situation is. There's more to that story. Joy that reflects the rule of God's kingdom in your life. This is the kind of joy that God has for you, great joy. In Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, 
In other words, it's not rules, don't do this, do that, make sure you, you, you eat the right food or don't eat the right food or, or honor the Sabbath on the Saturday and not, you know, this other day. All those things were types and shadows of things to come. It's not about rules and regulations that, that bring the kingdom of God in our life He's saying, or represent or even reflect. He's saying it's right here, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, that's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God right there. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And when the kingdom of God is ruling in your life, when you have surrendered to the kingdom of God, when you are walking in the kingdom of God, and not submitted and surrendered and walking in the ways of the world, then there is a joy in the Holy Spirit that comes your way. And it's demonstrated in your life. Amen? Let your face know it. Smile, right? <laughs> Amen. That is good. So the very first things that, that the angels really uh, came to communicate is, hey, shepherds, come, come and see. Come and see. Or, or, I'm sorry, stop and listen. Listen to this news that I have for you. Stop and listen. And that's where we, we've got to uh, come as well, is that place where we pause and we listen to the things that God is saying to us, the good news. And so you would have to open up your heart and ears to say, God, what is the good news that you're bringing to me? And how is that revealed in the coming of Christ, our Savior? Because that's really the source I'm getting at. It's not just like, hey, everything's going to be good in your life and, and, and happy and so forth. Not without the uh, receiving of Jesus. And not without the embracing of of Jesus. In fact, that was the next thing the shepherds did. First, they stopped to listen. Then they came in to see. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 15, if we're reading it again, it says, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, oh, that was great. Let's get back to work. Is that what they said? Did they say, oh, you know what? When we get time, we're going to go and check that out. Did they say that? Did they sit there and say, you know, when Man, you know, when, when, when I'm a better person and I stop doing these things I'm doing, you know, then maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check out that baby, right? People, people have reasons they don't go to church. I, I, I'm too busy, or they don't respond to Jesus. I, I'm too busy right now. Oh, I've got things going on, or I know I'm not living right, or this or that. They have all kinds of excuses. Uh, my daughter and I were talking about something else uh, today, but... I remember just saying, you can make excuses or you can make progress, but you can't make both, right? <laughs> you, you can make excuses or you can make a difference, but you can't make both. You can make excuses or you can make a change, but you can't make both. So you either have to choose your excuses or you have to choose the change. You have to choose your excuses or you have to choose Jesus. And so that's not what they did. They said this. They said, let us now, right now, everybody say now. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see these things that have come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. We heard the message, but now let's respond to it. Let's respond to that message. They heard the promises, and they responded by going to Jesus. You know, hearing is so important, but hearing is not enough. Hearing the good news is important, but hearing alone is not enough. Knowing the truth is important, but knowing it without acting on it is not enough. 
We're not told to be collectors of knowledge and information. We're not told to be uh, memorizers of the gospel. We're told to receive it, to engage with it, to embody it, to let it transform our life, to respond to it. The, the shepherds sat there and they said, we got to check this out for ourselves. If this is as good as they say, we got to go and see for ourselves. And when do we do it? Now. Now. There's no time to waste. Not Monday. Not next week. Not January 1st. That's when I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. That's when I'm going to start praying. That's when I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get on a budget, right? I'm going to pray. I'm going to be nice. No, I'm not going to be nice till like later on. But, okay, wait. January 2nd. Because the first, you know, we're just coming down from the receive. You know, we, there, you can make excuses, you can make a change, but you can't make both. Hearing is not enough. You have to experience him yourself. I heard for 17 years. I mean, I, I heard for years when I was 17 years old. That's when I found out for myself. I heard for years, off and on. Friends would take me to church. I'd go. One friend I went pretty regularly with. I mean, I went to different churches. I went to the Catholic church because that's where the pretty girls were when I was in high school. They all went to the Catholic church. And so I went a couple times there and, and uh, went to other churches uh, based on where friends would take me and so forth. I heard. I believed. I believed those things were true. I acknowledged them, yes. But it wasn't until 17 years old where I said, I got I to know for myself. I got to experience for myself. Uh, life is full of invitations from God. When I was uh, probably about, oh, 14, 15, I remember my friends and I, we were, um, we would do things to alter our consciousness. And so we were standing outside of my friend's house, and, and I fr I'm sure we had done something, but I remember these two guys walking up to us, and they looked like, they looked like uh, old vatos. And so I'm in, from Stockton, California, and so that wouldn't have been abnormal for where we were and so forth. But they're walking, and, and, and I, I see how they're dressed, and I could tell these guys ha have come from the streets, and they might still be from the streets. And the way they were just carrying on, I thought, oh, you just don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen. And they start walking up to us, and I thought, this is getting worse, even as we're here. A and uh, they come up to us, and you know what they do? They hand us a gospel track, and they witness to us about Jesus. And, they, and, and they, they share the gospel with us. Now, we know the gospel, and we know this is a message from God trying to get our attention and try to tell us, this is not what I have for you. And he was inviting. He's inviting. He's reaching out. And I think about this. I don't know when the last opportunity would have came. I know when, when I finally received, though. And sometimes people say, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for Jesus in my life. Well, I know where I was. I know where I was. And I'm so thankful that... that uh, Man, he kept after me. And, you know, life is always full of invitations from God, even to all of us here today, that he would be inviting us to come and see, to come and see what this gift of the Savior means, even this season, whether you've known him for 50, 60 years, or maybe you don't know him at all yet. But today he's inviting us to come and see because there's some good news he has for you today of great joy and how many of you think the world can use a, some great joy, right? I could. I don't know what else anybody else needs, <laughs> but I need it. We need to respond to him to come and see. But that's not where the story ends. That's not where the story ends. By the way, <laughs> I think of several invitations that, that I had, people who God brought into my life 
um, those friends. This week I talked to my friend's mom who really, she's not the one who directly led me to Christ. I was a youth pastor. I went to church. It was about his second time there, and he shared his testimony and the gospel, how Jesus died on the cross and paid for our sins and rose from the dead, and he can give me a new life. And then he looked at me, because there's like six of us there, and this is the second week, first time seeing me. He said, Danny, I grew up as Danny. Daniel's my, my grown-up name. But Danny, he said, have you, ever, have you ever personally prayed to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I had said prayers before, and I, like I said, I believe. But I, I went to church that day intentionally because I was ready to meet Jesus. And so I, I stood up and I prayed with him to receive Jesus in my life. And by the way, my words were saying, Jesus, I believe, I give you my life. In my mind, I was like, but God, I don't know if I can do this. Sometimes we have this conflict, and yet God says, well, well, well just trust me. Not try me, trust me. I'm not trying Jesus like a sample at, at the ice cream store. I'm, I'm, I'm buying the triple scoop, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be full. I'm going to consume fully. Uh, but, but he led me to the Lord, but this one led me into the family of God, my, my friend's mom. They, they embraced me. And uh, for years, they would pick me up, at, take me to church when I had wanted nothing to do with Jesus, uh, when they knew I was, I was a bad influence on their son, and he was on me too. Um, they, they knew that, and, and they reached out to me, and, and don't give up on people is what I want to say there. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. There's a lot in this story. Uh, <laughs> so they said, let us come and see. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, when they had seen him, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. They had to stop and listen. They had to come and see, but then they had to go and tell. When they had seen them, they made known widely the saying. And I think that's so important because they had their encounter with him, and as a as a response, a, a result of having an encounter with Jesus, they wanted to tell other people, and they knew that they had to tell other people that this good news was too good to keep to themselves. That when, now think about this: he, Jesus hadn't died; he didn't say a word to them. There was no miracle he did. There was no walking on water. The wise men weren't even there for a couple more you know, probably two years, even though in your nativity scene, they're all there together. That didn't happen like that. Jesus was probably a little bit older at that point. But nevertheless, what did they encounter? They heard the story. They saw a baby that verified it. And I imagine the power and glory of God is resting on there, that the Bible, you know, kind of would, would indicate that, this miraculous thing. But, but uh, they just saw the baby and that it was true. And then they went out, and they began to make it widely known. But not just, there's a baby, but it's the good news. They made widely known the saying which was told to them. The saying. This is why it's so important. Uh, You have your experience with God, which is powerful, and no one can take from you. But preach the word. Preach the word. Don't, yes, use your testimony and your story and your experience to relate, but tell people the message that you have heard. Tell people the word of God and stand on the word of God and proclaim the word of God. We're in a season, by the way, today we are talking about proclaiming, proclaiming his coming as part of Advent, pro, proclaiming next week's our Christmas services. I want to encourage you guys, we only have one more shot here 
to, to take those invitation cards and reach out to people around us and invite them to our services so that they can hear the message of the gospel. But even beyond that, beyond Christmas services, make widely known what the word of God says, the good news that he brings to you. Preach the word. Our natural response is to share the word. When you engage with Jesus, when he's changed you and transformed you, by the way, it is natural for you to want to share that with others. And sometimes the enemy would try to tell you they don't want to hear it. Sometimes they try to say, the enemy makes you think that you don't have the right words to say or that you're going to mess it up or something like that. You're not. You're not. If you love people and you believe this and you can just simply find out what he says, you can share that with people. People want good news. People want great joy. They don't want to be judged, criticized, or condemned. But Jesus, coming on the scene, the angel said, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Not, hey, you guys, you stink. And your stench has reached heaven. And now God's going to fix it all. But you don't deserve it, little worms. Come to my church. No thanks. I can feel bad all by myself. I don't need you, your help. When you, when you realize something is good for you, you want to tell others. I, I've shared this a little bit. Uh, my wife and I, we have a, a, a good friend. He was involved in our wedding, but he's also a, a marriage family therapist, and he's in our denomination. He counsels pastors and uh, just connects with them personally and, and on marriage and so forth. My wife and I, we've talked to him several times because we've been married. And, um, and so sometimes when you're married, like from wedding day on, you need help. Because you're two different people, and you realize that after you get married, and you're trying to become one, and it's not like smooth. It's like one, you know. Sometimes, and uh, that's just honest. And so, so my wife and I, uh, every time we've seen him, it's just made a huge difference in in our lives. Because so many of our problems, by the way, in relationships, it's not relationship problems. It's it's problems up here with us and Jesus, or problems with here and the past. You know, it, it's like, and when I say problems, it's, we're not submitted to his lordship. We're not living it out. And so we, we throw up on other people, or we, we're carrying things from the past. And uh, anyway, so all that to say is, we have a saying, and we tell every one of our pastor friends, you need to go see Robbie. You need to go see Robbie. And everyone I know who has sat down with him has uh, been tremendously impacted. And so now our kids would even say when, when you know, there's whatever, we're, we're not as nice to them as they would like. You need to go see Robbie. You need to go see Robbie. What is that? There's good news of transformation and great joy. I'm so thankful that uh, somebody, in fact, several people came into my life at various times and shared with me the gospel. It's what I want us to do as we close out. We're going to sing one more song. But would you do this? Would you stand to your feet? And I want to take a moment. We need, we need to pause and think about these things here. And I want to I uh, ask us to do something that for, again, some of us may be a little bit uncomfortable, but I, I want to invite you to break up into groups of about three, maybe four people. And I want us to close praying with, with one another. But there's maybe two questions you might be able to answer. Hey, when was the first time that you heard the gospel? If indeed you've heard the gospel before. If you haven't, you can simply say, I don't think I've heard it. And, and, and if you would like for someone to share it with you right there or after, we would love to do that. Um, but when was the first time that you remember hearing it to where it really, you know, made sense to you? Who was it that shared that with you? And then uh, just, you know, we're not talking about the whole story like, and then when I was, 
you know, I'm not talking about that. But just take a moment to share a little bit. And, and what I want us to do is then somebody, one, maybe two people, will briefly pray. And let's, let's uh, in fact, all of us think in our mind of someone who needs to hear the gospel, to respond to the gospel, someone who needs to know Jesus. Would you take a moment as we pray for those in, in our lives that, that need Jesus, that pray that we would have the courage and boldness and opportunity to share with them. And, uh, you know, maybe just one or two of you, you pray out. And then we're going to come together and we're going to sing this last song. Uh, don't let anyone feel like left out or, or standing on their own. So would you make sure you invite others? Let's do that. Break up into groups of two or three right now.